Assalamu alaikum brothers and sisters. Welcome to another episode of the Ark of Thoughts podcast. In today's episode, I've got a new friend with me, alhamdulillah. You know, Isa is really interesting, right? They say, a lot of people say social media is a bad place. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. some people make it out to be like a, a terrible place. But I think it's fantastic that we can do things like this where I don't know you and mm-hmm. you don't know me. And if it wasn't for social media, I don't think we would have ever met. Right. Well, yeah, you, you won't think of, <laughs> you won't think we would have. That's the whole point, isn't it? It's, yeah, yeah. You know, Muslim Twitter is to call it. That's yeah, where yeah. we all congregate and find each other, yeah, especially yeah. local brothers. And, yeah. and that's what we've done, yeah. Yeah, alhamdulillah, man. Um, so I think I'm really honoured, alhamdulillah, mm-hmm. and uh, the audience are as well, that alhamdulillah, you come on, come on the podcast and we can talk about, inshallah, your conversion story, as well as some other things around that as well. Yes. Um, so, Isa, you've made this trip. Alhamdulillah, mm-hmm. um, you've come out to see us. Now, we're going to start off with talking about your conversion story. Okay. Um, but just before we do, and before we get into that, I want to talk about the term convert and revert. Okay, yeah. Um, so I know that sometimes a lot of people they get caught up within the terms and some people make it like a, a big deal. Mm-hmm. Now, my personal side of the story or my personal understanding is we shouldn't worry too much about the words themselves. Okay. Um, provided that somebody doesn't take offense from them words. Mm-hmm. For example, you know, if somebody is quite specific and they want to be called a particular, whether they want to be called a convert or a revert, yeah. then we honor that and we respect that. Mm-hmm. But for me, as a person who has grown up in a Muslim family, as for many of the viewers who, who may be watching as well, um, I don't I don't think we should get too caught up in the terms or in the terminology. What's your side? So obviously, like, you are yourself a convert or a revert yeah, uh, yeah. you're going to tell me which one to call you <laughs> yeah um but what's your side what's your understanding <clears throat> of the two words so um personally i prefer the word convert because I, I feel like revert could apply to someone who, who's left the fold of islam willingly and 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 then rejoined the religion whereas um using the term convert would imply that i was i was born into a non-muslim family mm-hmm. and then found islam you know I, I never left the fitra of my own volition i I was taken away from that by family, and then I've I've come back to the, the true path, which is Islam. So I feel both are fine. If you want to call me convert or revert, that's fine. I personally, most of the time, call myself a convert, just to elaborate that I wasn't born into a Muslim family. Yeah, no, I think that's really interesting. Um, yeah, like I said, I think some people get a bit caught up in terms of like the terminology and stuff, mm-hmm. and I think I I personally think that people shouldn't shouldn't force it. Um, just of course, yeah. Let let it be it's, how it is. Yeah, it, right? as I said, you know, most people would call me a reaver. I don't find offence to that. Um, some people call me a convert. Again, I don't find offence to that. It's just it's one of them. Whatever their preference is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm going to kick you off now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I'm going to let you go ahead and tell us about your story. Of what was your journey to Islam? Um, how did you come about yeah. it? I'll, I'll get some water first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how did you? Um, how did you accept Islam? Um, you know, what were like the major sort of turning points or okay. major sort of incidents that sort mm-hmm. of brought you closer towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? I guess the first point to mention here is obviously you come from a Catholic family, don't you? Yeah, um, yeah, Roman Catholic. Um, majority of my family is Irish and, you know, the Irish, they're as Catholic as the Pope. So, you know, <laughs> that's why <laughs> I, I, I was raised as one, yeah. And then... Um, 
some some family members not really into religion but i spent some years my, my brother and i um living with our great grandmother that's our mother's mother's mother and she was a extremely religious woman she would um she would go to the church daily which i know muslims watching this now might think oh yeah i go to the masjid every day but for, for, for christians that's quite rare to, mm -hmm. to go to the church every day and she would she would go there and she was very in, you know spiritual and she used to drag us along to the church on sundays and and i think she definitely had a part to play um for my brother and i in liking religion and you know believing in god um although you know our, our concept of, of god was, was skewed at that point and living with her i said i said def definitely put us on sort of the, the right path mm -hmm. in terms of you know religion being important in our lives <clears throat> and um you know we both went to a roman catholic school so we never you know i was never taught about islam never knew what it was until i was around eight years old um a story that <laughs> some people may know as you know as i was going past an islamic high school of girls i i thought they were nuns and then mm -hmm. i was told by my mother no th these are muslims i was like oh right okay and they were you know they all wear headscarves like like nuns that's quite interesting I was eight years old. I didn't really remember much about it after that. I just cracked on with life. And I think the next instance about, about Muslims really coming to the forefront was 9-11. Okay. Now, <clears throat> I was 10 years old at the time. And I still remember where I was when I found out. I was at my nana's house, my, my dad's mum's house. And I was, I was angry. I was like, who are these, you know, Muslims, these like, you know, barbarians who were bombing you know new york and killing civilians because that was what media portrayed mm -hmm. um and i know that the fallout from that for for muslims especially like older muslims probably once in their 40s and 50s and 60s now back then for them it was <clears throat> very hard because they were targeted a lot after that and I've, i know there was um there's a takeaway down in in Aldershot near london where they, they lost so much business because of it that they not even now to this day they can't even um put the halal sign on that takeaway because okay. I, I went in there and i thought are you halal and they said <clears throat> we are but we just can't let people know because if they do you know they won't come here so mm -hmm. you know um that's sort of how much the media portrayed that islam was was bad and i'd say i got on board to some extent i didn't have any um <clears throat> You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't know really any Muslims, so just I couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I was planning to. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I just thought, right, okay, Muslims bad, which is, you know, I'm sure what the media wanted. So that they succeeded in, in, in that way. Now, the story changes when I went to high school and um, there was a lot of Muslims there. Maybe 30% of, of the students were Muslim, which... You know, it was fine. You know, I'd, I've always, I've never had an issue with, with race. Like, I think my first friend in that high school was um, was a Chinese boy. And I just, I got to know the Muslims. I remember one day I was just drinking some, some water like this. And um, an Iraqi guy comes up to me and goes, <clears throat> don't drink in front of me, we're fasting, it's Ramadan. <laughs> <'Cause> that right <laughs> hand. <laughs> so, uh <clears throat> you know bit by bit over the next couple of years i learned about the religion but then i was also learning that you know 
English people just didn't really care about religion anymore. And why was that? You know, out of 120 students, say 70 of us were white English. Nobody, I was like one of the only ones who cared about religion. And, you know, debates would happen sometimes about religion. And I, I was only ever the one on the Christian side. You know, the Muslims, mashallah, they always, you know, if, if they're Iraqi or Pakistani or Libyan, they were always, mashallah, they're ready to, you know, um defend islam but also live islam you know i remember we playing football uh, on the fields at lunchtime on fridays and then like the, the big like year 11s would come around and like drag the younger kids off to pray jumma like, <laughs> so th th this is how i you know i slowly learned about it and there was camaraderie there yeah. but you know <clears throat> i was i was into christianity still at that point and i, I would read the bible daily my, my dad which is quite funny um because he, he's not a religious person at all he's at best agnostic he he bought me a bible book it's sort of like a, a like a children's sort of bible which means it's just easier to read and yeah. it's got illustration um he bought me that and i would read it every day before bed i'd read a few pages i just put it under my pillow and then I, before i go better just read a few pages and then i i pray um which for, you know no 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 wood or no washing or anything i just put my hands together and just do my prayer whilst lying down in bed um but I, that was like a daily ritual. I, w I wouldn't ever miss that. And um, yeah, I was into the, you know, the Bible was a great book in terms of like, just as an entertainment, you know, fictional book, um, semi-fictional. And, <clears throat> I, you know, I was fine. I was happy. And then my brother, three years older than me, so I think he was maybe 17, 18. He was 18 at this time. He converted to Islam when I was, I was shocked. I was like, oh, you know, you betrayed our religion, you know, your family, you know, that whole thing, mm -hmm. the, the, the forefathers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he had obviously done a lot of research at, at that point because you wouldn't just convert for no reason. And he had all the answers ready to, to use against me. He had his plan from day one. <laughs> I'm going to convert my little brother. And <clears throat> well, here, here we are. <laughs> so he... Um, he he was well studied in in everything because I think for him uh, doing this like tangent for his conversion story he just felt a little bit spiritually void and um, went on a bit of a journey he he started at this point we weren't living with with our great gran and we weren't going to church or anything because it, it was boring um, <clears throat> he started going to church by himself right. and. He just didn't feel it. He felt something was, was missing. So he went on a bit of um, a search for religion. And he didn't even look into Islam initially. Uh, he looked into Judaism. As a Christian, the, the natural sort of thing to do would be to, to look into Judaism because it's Christian was Christian was Christianity was born out of Judaism. So, yeah. so that's the first one you sort of go to. And I think he even looked into Buddhism because it's known to be quite spiritual yeah. and, and things like that. The one religion that never really stands out for people to look into Hinduism from, you know, from an Abrahamic faith, it's just too foreign. Mm -hmm. um, and then all, all these like <clears throat> Shinto and, you know, uh, Taoism and all that from, from China. Again, it's just, it's not enough for someone from the Abrahamic faith. So he, I think he eventually, you know, being surrounded by Muslims at school, found Islam and he sort of thought, wow, you know, this, this sort of makes sense. and and did his research into that and ended up becoming a Muslim. Mm -hmm. 
he, he hid it from the family for quite a long time, apart from me. He told me straight away. Right. Even though it's quite strange because we weren't the closest of brothers. Um, we had different interests, things like that. But he he told me, and then we that's when the debate started happening. So I thought, well, I need to bring him back to the light. For every time, you know, he would just point out the inconsistencies in the Bible and, and how Islam made more sense. And I tried to ignore him, but then every day reading my Bible at night, Oh yeah, you know, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, that is an inconsistency. And he used to watch a lot of um Dr. Zakir and Ike and what was his teacher called again? Ahmed Dida. Yeah. yeah, so um Rahimullah. So they you know, I, I started watching some of them as well. I I think that this is one thing I will give myself credit for. It, whenever I learn about something, I, I don't learn about it from like an Orientalist view or you know, an agnostic um you know, at the from the antithesis, I, I will look at it from their own perspective. Mm-hmm. So I think when I wanted to learn about Islam, I learned about it from from Muslims and not from yeah. so like you know Christian apologists or anything like that. So yeah, yeah. <clears throat> slowly but surely, I thought, oh yeah, you know, this is starting to make more sense as it goes on. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe not even that Islam made more sense. It was more that Christianity was making less sense to me, and this. The discrepancy between the Old Testament and the New Testament was just building within me, and I was like, "How how can I justify the differences between God in the Old Testament and and God in the New Testament?" And it got to the point where I thought, "I can't, I can't be a Christian anymore," mm-hmm. or if I do, I need to be, I need to create a new sect that believes in in one yeah, God, yeah. and you know that Jesus is is a great man and everything. Um. And, and but he's not part of part of God mm-hmm. because it, it doesn't make sense. And that's when I started learning about um, the Council of Nicaea and uh, Nestorianism and mm-hmm. um, the story of Solomon of Pharisee, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, which is a, a, one of the greatest stories I've ever known. Um, and it just it just became evident to me that that Christianity had gone down the wrong path and mm-hmm. i thought right well i'll just i'll be like my own monotheist but i'll still use christianity as sort of a guide you know the ten commandments and things like that and mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> but that that wasn't enough for me and maybe i was 17 at this time and i just thought you know what and i prayed i went in sujood like a muslim because it even showed in the, that bible i had the illustration was of jesus in sujood mm-hmm. so i thought well let me do this and pray to god the way jesus was um and just say look you need to guide me here because i don't know what to do i don't know you know should i become a muslim should i go back to christianity should should i should i start a new form of christianity which obviously now i know is a unitarianism christianity you know they they believe in mm-hmm. in god is god and there's no like you know splitting up or trinity is is a, a foreign conception that was that was man-made mm-hmm. um and i did that and then i went bed carried on with my life and then a few weeks later i remember waking up just knowing i had an epiphany like you have to become a muslim mm-hmm. you know there was no <clears throat> ifs or buts about it it had to be done and you know, I wasn't happy about it because I thought, oh, that's life's gonna change. No more bacon sandwiches. And, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm a big fan of sausage rolls. Right. Alhamdulillah, now, mashallah, you know, with corn and and veganism yeah, yeah. and everything, you can you can get all that stuff. I've I've got to say, like that <clears throat> that entire movement has been like very beneficial for hundred percent in the West. A hundred percent. You know, um, um, we can talk about that in a minute. Actually, when I get there. Um, so 
I had converted, but as I said, you know, I knew it was going to be a challenge, and it and it was, you know, I think I ended up maybe losing um, more than fifty percent of my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was something that had to be done. You you can't ignore an epiphany like that. I did, I didn't convert straight away. I I was thinking, you know what? I'm only four months away from being eighteen. Because of my family, I'd rather just wait until I'm 18 and, and then convert. So that, that was sort of like the plan I set to myself. And then it also gives me a window to research and potentially change my mind. Mm-hmm. So I just carried on. I think I told a few Muslims in um, from my from my school. I was in sixth form at this uh, point about it. And, you know, they were all so happy. Mm-hmm. And one of them who I didn't know that well, he even said to me, and he didn't know, he said, well, you should become Muslim, you know. And I was like, does he know or something or can he tell something? But it, it was quite strange. Um, they were all very happy and I, I wasn't I wasn't already thinking about oh, which sect should I join or anything like that. Should I become Sunni, should I become Shia? 99% of the things I was listening to and watching were Sunni orientated because it's mm-hmm. much like mostly Sunni Dawah that, that are after the converts and things like that. And I there's quite a few Shias who went to my school and funnily enough, one of them even said to me, all convert to Sunni Islam. Mm-hmm. And now he's he's quite strict in you know in his Shia beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always found that quite interesting. You know, looking reflecting back on that, why did he say that? And I, I don't know the answer, but I just mm-hmm. find find it really interesting. I think it's worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, you know, it does go to show if you have you ever met a, con, a white convert who's not a Sunni. Yeah, it, you know, it's yeah, it's quite interesting, interesting right, isn't it? Actually. You know, uh, it's food for thought. Now, it got to the point where it was coming up to the end of 2008. I was still 17, and I thought, why am I not converting now? I'm ready. You know, I'd already trialed Ramadan. I'd already done my own fasting. Mm-hmm. I did it wrong because I thought you started at a sunrise, oh, not, yeah, not yeah, dawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I remember I was just fasting by myself, and I thought, oh, this is quite cool. This is quite easy and stuff. So I thought, yeah, I just need to convert now. So I converted just before 2009 on the 31st of December 2008, still okay. at 17. And I didn't want to do what my brother did and hide it because I, f- I felt that's that just makes things complicated. You know, yeah, you just yeah. need to bite the bullet and get it over and done with. So I told my family and, you know, they weren't happy, you know, because um, my dad wanted to take me for a pint for my 8th birthday. Yeah. And, you know, again, media, media has worked yeah, for, yeah. for the majority of people in this country about Islam being, you know, bad. So it was difficult, but, you know, as we go on now, I'm in like I think my 13th or 14th year as a Muslim, and you know my my family realised the good things that have come come about from that. You know, um, my mum said whenever my brother before he became Muslim was was out drinking in town, she she'd never sleep until he came back home. Mm-hmm. She never had that issue with me because by the time I was 18, I was already Muslim. You know, mm-hmm. playing video games in my bedroom, I, I wouldn't <laughs> be going out or anything. So she was. You know, she she realised these little intricacies, and you know, we're closer now than what we've ever been. My, my my mother and myself, you know, we're on the phone all the time, and we live close by. And I've given her, you know, three grandchildren that she loves. You know, she always wanted a daughter. She never had a daughter. She's got she's got loads of granddaughters now. She's got like mm-hmm. five granddaughters. So yeah, she, yeah. you know, she's happy, and and they see that. And it's just a case of now propagating, um, the religion to them it's quite difficult to give dawah to parents because if no matter how good you come across they attribute it to themselves doing a good job of raising you so it's yeah yeah it's very difficult to give dawah to to parents it's um 
it's a very tricky one. You I can't think... just go around and say, become Muslim, you know, this is why, because it just doesn't work like that, unfortunately. I think this isn't a thing that's just restricted to, to converts, actually. Mm-hmm. I think, like, a lot of people who become more religious than their parents, um, they have this difficulty as well. That yeah. How do I... I suppose you would, yeah. Yeah, how yeah. how would you how do I make my parents more uh, more practicing? Mm-hmm. But I think like one of the things that I always take great benefit from is whenever you hear a lecture or a talk given about the disrespect of one's parents, mm-hmm. um, and one of the things that they always mention is this relationship between a religious child, yeah, and a, a parent who maybe is not as strict yeah. um, or you know, is fulfilling the the commandments of the Sharia mm-hmm. um, to an extent of how the child is. And the thing is, they always mention in this sort of relationship, you have to be very careful that you don't disrespect your parents. Yes. So maybe it becomes a point where you, you are making more dua and you are asking more from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mm-hmm. and your effort is, I won't say non-existent, yes. there needs to be some effort, but it's more with a bit more tact and a bit more wisdom and a bit more... Um, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The time is... Uh, is one of the most important things because you, you can't just rush it yeah. you know you, you as i said 13 14 years and i'm still you know slowly but surely trying to teach my mum about the religion my dad's even trickier because he just doesn't like entertaining religion at all but mm-hmm. you know alhamdulillah you know our, our relationship is very good i live around the corner from my dad and my mom a little bit further but um fantastic relationships alhamdulillah mm-hmm. regardless and, and now they, they both have more of an understanding and a respect for Islam and mm-hmm. th- they now share that and that's sort of how it how you know tolerance for Islam in, in this country or mm-hmm. the West in general spreads by um us converts are almost seen as like that bridge sometimes mm-hmm. you know into the religion and also in into the Western culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well we make do our first and foremost now last point I like guide your parents as well. Oh, I um, mean that's, that's the only thing keeping me in the country to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I'm good enough. Um <laughs> So the other thing I wanted to ask you about, Nisa, is so you've talked about your like your conversion story, mm-hmm. but the thing is it doesn't just end there, right? In terms that, of that's the beginning, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, yeah definitely. So what I want to know about also is like maybe like your first couple of years, because the thing is you've mm-hmm. obviously you, before you've converted, you already know about Ramadan. You've mentioned that you fasted already. Yeah, yeah. You know about sujood, so I assume that you already know about salah and yeah, the yeah. drinks of salah. But the thing is obviously we as Muslims who grow up um, because of our families generally in the places that we live um, we tend to have some form of like schooling system yes. um, in some way shape or form where when we are young we've we've grown up around religion and we've been taught about the injunctions and how to perform salah and, and basically mm-hmm. like like cleansiness wudu, these yeah. kind of things we all, we're all taught it mm-hmm. but the thing is that at the start for somebody who becomes a Muslim all of this can be like really overwhelming right so yeah. what was your journey? Like, how did you learn? Um, were, there, were there people that maybe like really helped in terms of that journey? Okay. Um, and then I want to tie that in later on when we come back mm-hmm. around in the conversation about, you know, when we talk about how in the UK or in the West in general, yeah, how people who are native to this country and how they might become Muslim or mm-hmm. what we should be doing. This also formed part of the conversation, right? Yeah. Of how should we train people up that become Muslims now? Okay. Um, so, like, what was your journey right. first? And so, come back to it. I'm glad you mentioned this actually because I, pro- I probably should have mentioned it uh, in in the last part, but it, we can just carry on with that. So, m- my brother obviously is very happy when I t- 
he was I've never seen him so happy. Mm-hmm. Like, I always say I always say to him, Oh, you're miserable, but um he was so happy when I told him I was converting him. And I think he thought I was joking at first, just playing around with him, but I you know, I was obviously serious. And straight away, you know, there was alhamdulillah, there was a masjid that had just opened right near our mum's house, a five minute walk away. Um and he knew the imams there. It's only a small masjid, but he took me to, to see the imam who was quite young himself. Um, I think at that point he was maybe 26, 27. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he would he would bring me around to his house to teach me, um, you know, reading Arabic and um, teaching me fiqh, you know, the fiqh of um, wudu and prayer and everything uh, from the book Talim al-Haq, which mm-hmm. I'm sure yeah, yeah. most uh, <laughs> most salvation people are used to. And um, yeah, Gary Saab from the Masjid, he was the one who taught me. And he would just, he just taught me, you know, uh, Alif Batatha. And um, that would just go on for a few months until I could read. I'd, I'll be honest with you, I didn't put in a big effort in terms of the reading initially. It's only the past year or two where I've really, you know, knuckled down about what are you doing? I need, you know, I, I got too used to Roman transliteration mm-hmm. of the Quran because it was easy and I was lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, yeah, he, he taught me all the fit. So, he, you know, I think within a week I knew how to pray properly. I'd memorized sort of Fatiha and maybe Kulhu mm-hmm. Ahad, um, maybe a couple more after that. And yeah, I, I learned, I learned maybe 10 surahs and I was, I was praying straight away, you know, the five, five a day. Um, so I, it, it just didn't, find it that difficult i've mentally prepared for it over the past year or so yeah, yeah, yeah. um i think the, the wudu was one for me i'm i'm a big believer in the leather socks or waterproof socks just okay, because yeah. it makes life a lot easier than putting your foot in a sink you know in a place where you don't want to be putting your foot in a sink yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, you know when i found out the ruling of that you know i've always i've, I've been wearing waterproof socks for 12 years maybe not the, not the same <laughs> pair <laughs> so um you know that that was a big help, and yeah, you sort of go through it. You know, some people might struggle. Some people go cold turkey. Um, I've heard, I've listened to loads of uh, convert stories, and there's like people like Hamza from Hamza's Den. Mashallah, he he went from zero to a hundred when he converted. And mm-hmm. f- for me, I gave up alcohol straight away. I wasn't big into it anyway. I, I didn't I didn't do any other like drugs or anything. I gave up the pork. This was. This was, and obviously non-halal meat, and this was a challenge in the sense that I didn't know where to get the halal meat. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't driving or anything, and I lived quite close to Old Trafford, which is actually a big population of Muslims, but I, I wasn't going to walk there, do you know what I mean, to get halal meat. So, corn was getting quite decent back then. It was, um, there wasn't a big amount, but there was a few bits here and there, so I just remember eating these, like, they were like fake lamb steaks, corn steaks, and I was just eating them for, it felt like for, for decades, but it was maybe a few weeks, and eventually I persuaded my mum to take me to the Halal Butchers, and, you know, we, we bought loads of um, burgers, lamb burgers and stuff from Halal Butchers, <laughs> and, and that was fantastic. And then I sort of got into a routine then, Asda, that we went to started actually, they had a Halal section, and I started cooking for myself at that point, because I thought, you know, let, let my mum worry about my little brother, who's... um. He's a lot younger than us. He's only 13 now, so he was like one or two at the time. Yeah, yeah. And I'll start cooking for myself. And, you know, I started doing that. And, you know, 
I was fine after that. I had my halal food, so I could start replacing the things that I'd missed so much, like mm-hmm. sausage rolls with corn sausage rolls, <laughs> um, bacon for corn. I call it bacon, corn's <laughs> bacon. Um, and then turkey rashes are now quite popular, so mm-hmm. alhamdulillah, I've run the turkey rashes at my house. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think I think music was quite a difficult one because straight. Obviously, most Muslims know it's haram, but it's it's not sort of pushed at the forefront. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you won't ever hear like Mufti Menk talking about music being haram. It's a, uh, it's something that you you sort of learn more when you study into it. <clears throat> so I, I still listen to music. Um, I think in, initially I I had like the mindset like I was I was going to struggle to find a wife because I'm white, and generally you know oh, Pakistanis can only marry Pakistanis and stuff like that. So I. I still maintained an interest in girls because I just wanted, to, I, I almost had like this inferiority complex. Like, am I going to be able to attract the, the Pakistani girls like white guys sort of thing? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, that, that was one thing that I probably should have, um, you know, stopped. But it was, I, th- I think that was more of a, a worrying thing that I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if other um, people, have, you know, have that mindset. But I think, I don't know if that's just unique to me, but I was worried about that. Um I soon came to realise that that wasn't the case at all. If anything, you know, you actually get quite a lot of people from women throwing themselves at you. Um, but I wasn't, you know, I think eventually I, I got to the point where I thought, well, this, you know, I shouldn't be speaking to to, to women. And, uh, you know, I went, eventually got to the cold turkey stage where it's, you know, I need to find a wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, alhamdulillah, I think at the, uh, I met a girl through a masjid in Manchester at, when I was 19, she was 17, and then got to know the family, um, Somali family or Barawa, which is it's complicated. <laughs> it's probably more Yemeni than anything else, yeah, yeah. but but living in in Somalia. Um, and yeah, we we got married a year later when I was 20. I think she was 19. She just turned, yeah, it was just after her 19th birthday. So yeah, we got married, and that was almost 10 years ago. And you know, alhamdulillah, we've got three three children now, and yeah, <laughs> that, that's pretty much it in terms of that story. Yeah, yeah, it's good to hear, man. Um, I know you just had a little one at the same time that I've had. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. That's, honestly, it's, hearing these kind of stories, I think mm-hmm. one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on, why myself and Kasim, sorry, both wanted to have you on, mm-hmm. was because these kind of stories are like heartwarming for us Muslims. And the thing is, what it is, I think it it gives us like a boost in our faith. Because yeah, when, see why, yeah. when somebody who has never been familiar with the religion accepts the religion, right, accepts Islam, for us, it's, it just solidifies us more and just makes us feel more at peace, especially where like we recognize that we are minorities in this country, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, hopefully that's going to change. Um, well, statistics, time, statistics say it is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it definitely provides us with a lot of like, for me, at least, anyway, it provides me with a lot of firmness in my faith more. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, inshallah, not just for myself, inshallah, the people that watch as well, hopefully they'll, they'll get the same benefit as well. Inshallah. Um, but from my perspective, the way that I see it is, I think, especially especially in the UK and the West in general, I really do think that those people who grow up in Muslim families do almost have to take on a journey like they are almost a convert as well. So, um, yeah, th- this is something that I always say where, um, you know, we might we might not all be converts here, but sooner or later you leave your parents' house and you have to 
intentionally decide I'm going to carry on being a Muslim. I'm going to raise mm -hmm. my kids as a Muslim and, and no one can avoid that. So in a way we're all, we're all Muslims who have decided to be Muslims. It's not mm -hmm. just something that's, that's, you know, passed on really. Yeah, and yeah. we can see the opposing side to that throughout the whole world at the moment, the, the numbers of Christianity are declining so fast in so let's move on to the next section now, Issa. Mm -hmm. So what I want to talk about is, you've already made a mention of this already, actually. So you mentioned that the numbers of those people who are followers of Christianity now mm -hmm. seems to be dwindling. Yeah. Um, sorry, not seems to be. They, they are dwindling, right, quite rapidly. Um, but a lot of them are choosing to go become, like, categorize themselves as irreligious or just not religious. Yeah. So the question is, is that, we we think and we know that we have a solution to their problems and you've already mentioned about having you know when you read the bible and between the old testament and new testament finding discrepancies and i find there probably is going to be a large amount of people who you know there are going to be some people who just don't want to be religious that's fine yeah. but i reckon there is a significant portion of people who are finding these discrepancies and that's what's taking them away from christianity yeah so the question is is that how can we as muslims mm -hmm sort of divert that attention away from becoming not religious to becoming Muslims. What what do you think about that? So one thing I'd say, and um, I feel this is something that's um, not as bad these days as it was back in maybe when I was going high school, but um, say for example, like Pakistanis going to school will, will stick with their own group. Mm -hmm. You know, Somalis going to school will stick with their own group. So... They're not really um, interacting enough with, you know, the, the indigenous, the, the native population, English people, and befriending them and getting to the point where they, you know, they can talk about religion and things like that. And you can see the instances where that does happen usually leads to either conversions or to at least better understanding mm -hmm. and, you know, um, people actually thinking, you know what, there's nothing wrong with that religion. So... Even though I, I understand, you know, wanting you say, for, for example, when we're older, I, yeah, of course, I want my, my daughter to have, my son to have Muslim friends. But it's also, you know, they're beacons of, of Islam to, to bring others to, to the religion. And, you know, this is what a lot of the Sahaba did. And, and you know, if you look at the time of the Prophet and after um, the Prophet, so, you know, why can't, we be doing that now in this country, yeah. whether it be you know at school or or ourselves when we're at work, you know, because there's people out there, there's willing hearts and willing minds who who want to know about the religion, and when they find out, we don't know, you know, they they may want to to convert. The the issue is, as you said, most people these days probably are agnostic. That not even I'm not even going to go as far as atheist. It's just they just don't care yeah. about religion and. It can be difficult to, to get them reinterested back in religion again. It's yeah. more the ones who are still sort of unsure or, you know, willing is. And and again, it, we all need to just brush up on our knowledge of Islam to be able to defend it to not even necessarily from a religious aspect, but from like a political aspect, you know, talk about the greatness of Sharia and, you know, the sense it makes and, and just how the spirituality, you know, you've got these days people, you know, going to yoga to, to stay fit and to think, oh, you know, meditation. Well, we have yoga and meditating in one thing, which is praying 
which you know, it's essentially the same thing. But you know, the cleanliness of Muslims is is far above, you know, non-Muslims. In, in you know, I you know what what people wash up to their elbows five times a day. You know, their feet five times a day. Um, you know, it's stingy. You know, washing your private parts after you go to the toilet. Coming from someone who wasn't a Muslim, trust me. You know, non-Muslims don't do that thing. Mm-hmm. A couple might say they do, but it, it's rare. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many avenues to explore. I think for me, I like I do like the political aspects of, you know, if, you know, we look at capitalism these days is, is like what's running the world. There's still a couple of communist countries out there or socialist countries. Um, but you look at all the bad things happening because of capitalism. Sharia has the answers there. It, it is a little bit capitalistic, but it's also got a little bit of socialism. It's got a little bit of all these different... Um, ideologies but it's got it's got a balanced amount it's the middle path mm-hmm. you know um you look at the amount of people in the in the west who are just you know taking money that they can't afford um and then paying interest on that you know islam doesn't do interest mm-hmm. and it just it things like that to be able to explain that to people if you can eloquate yourself properly mm-hmm. you can work wonders and that will affect people who don't even aren't even religious because you're actually saying well <clears throat> even from a political point of view, it makes so much sense. Mm. And this is why even, like, the, the reason why so many countries at the time of the Umayyads, um, the amount of people who converted, because they they were on board with that. Mm-hmm. You know, it got to the point where the Christians wanted to convert and the Muslim rulers were trying to stop them from converting because they, they you know, they wanted the, uh, the, the jizya. jizya. Mm-hmm. But it's just because everything made so much sense and and... You know that's what we need to show in this country, and it can be done. You know we need to be, we need to be the best in every aspect. Yeah, and yeah. you know, in certain ways, you know we are showing that. Look at the, the amount of Muslims who go on to be doctors and pharmacists. You know, high end careers. Look, the school I went to was a grammar school, and you know, actually, you could tell the parents care. It's like 40 percent of the people there. By the time I was leaving, the the first year kids, it was like maybe fifty sixty percent were Muslims because they want their kids to go on and get a good education, yeah. and you know get those um, academic careers and be in those places in society where their words do mean more. So you know that that's one way. Again, it, it's difficult because I think secularism and materialism are just running rampant, and I think they are the big enemies. That, that you know yeah. that they, they are the the. Um, what comes before the jar, I, I believe. Yeah, I think like materialism. I think it definitely has its it has its problem. But secularism, where you're basically saying, you know, your religious life and your your public life yeah. are are two separate things. This is like completely incompatible and, with, and with France. And, France you know. is one we're looking at, where, where, which are really really pushing that at the mm-hmm. moment. Um, but they know that Islam is obviously it's not just a religion; it is a complete way of life, which which brings the political aspects as well mm-hmm. and that's why they are fighting it because they're scared of it and they should be you know there's over six million muslims in france it's the biggest muslim country in europe mm-hmm. uh, excluding turkey you know in the eu mm-hmm. so it's a lot of it's a big population so um you know they, they do fear it but they need to understand that it is the best way to be mm-hmm. it, it makes so much sense it, it benefits the world mm-hmm. yeah okay so I guess the next thing I want to ask about is then how can we as Muslims help mm. facilitate those people who are like maybe on the verge of converting to Islam? So you obviously mm-hmm. 
I think one point that we want to mention here is that obviously the, the hidayah and the guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's yes. in the hands of Allah, mm -hmm. right? So like, I mean, I can think of an example where I remember one of one of my ex-colleagues. Um, so I have a mathematics degree. I don't know if you know this, right? So, okay, yeah, yeah. I um, think you mentioned it. Yeah. I have a maths and stats background. Mm -hmm. So I remember when, when I was working in university, I had a really good friend who was non-Muslim. Mm -hmm. um, and at the time I was taking uh, lessons in Usul al-Fiqh okay. and, and Fiqh. And yeah. the derivation of of fake rulings. Yes. So you know a lot of that mm -hmm. also ties in with like a lot of mathematics as well. So like a lot of inheritance and stuff okay. naturally comes in with like. Oh god, with, yeah. With I've, I've heard yeah. that's quite a, a deep um, well. Yeah. Um. But then even like even like solar timings. Mm -hmm. So I mean we can we can all talk about this here, but there are different solar timings according to different madhahib, and yeah, even yeah. within the madhahib, there are mm -hmm. different opinions in terms of when Fajr and and Isha especially in this country as well right oh yeah so it, it gets like it gets a heated topic sometimes amongst those people who who aren't aware of the issue and mm -hmm. stuff but when you actually look into the masa it's like it's amazing like the where it's coming from and stuff oh yeah and when i was talking to to my friend about it my non-muslim friend mm -hmm. who who has that math and stats background he was just shocked like wow there's all of this that's involved in terms of like your shari rulings yeah like, yeah man like it's not as like you know and a lot of things, especially within this country, what I find is so many people, n now more Muslims as well, mm -hmm. sort of equate Christianity with Islam, whereas really it's, they they aren't compatible. I mean, you mentioned this off air, and I wanted I want to sort of bring you back to it. Yeah. That the Christian population for majority of its time period were kept illiterate. Oh yeah. For a reason. Yeah. yeah. Right? They couldn't read Latin at all. Yeah. And they they were kept away from it mm -hmm. because. Of the discrepancies that were there and because they didn't want the people to sort of like further educate themselves yeah but islam was the opposite you know the, the first revelation from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ikra deed yeah yeah and there's massive emphasis on muslims to not just learn their deen mm -hmm. but to also go above and beyond and, and to to become masters in other fields as well yeah um so yeah so like i mean what what can we do now so like what can we take as like practical steps what can we do to help facilitate those people who who have maybe like not just gained a better understanding but now they are considering within that period of they appreciate islam and conversion like what can we do to help them in their journey so uh, this is a difficult one i mean it was similar to like the point before i made about how we all need to you know brush up on our understanding of islam and mm -hmm. alhamdulillah what i will say is the majority maybe even 80 90 percent of muslims i do know that their like knowledge of the religion compared to say the average Joe in, in a different religion, they're almost like would be a scholar mm -hmm. in terms of the difference because mm -hmm. you know most Muslims, mashallah, you can go up to them and they'll know they'll know quite an amount. A lot of them might know, you know, quite a lot of the Quran memorized, even if they're they're not practicing, they'll still remember it. Mm -hmm. They might know, you know, the fit quite well, you know, there's, there's so many different bits and bobs you can know about Islam and um it's just just sort of brushing brushing up on other bits so you've got like a well-rounded mm. um area to 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 be able to propagate it and make sure you are coming across um eloquent and explaining you know the intricacies of religion and the main one is just being nice i suppose mm. isn't it you know to people and making them see the, the camaraderie the brotherhood mm. uh, of, of muslims which is something i would always notice in high school and it was something that was lacking from the Christianity aspect. Mm -hmm. But it, it's also, you know, 
don't make it seem too hard to them. Um, like I, I go to work and pe people don't automatically think I'm a Muslim, you know, even though, you know, like I, I've got, I've got a beard that most, I mean, these days beards are in maybe 20 years ago, they weren't, but everyone's got beards like this these days. So mm -hmm. you don't necessarily think, Oh, Muslim. A couple of people think I'm Jewish sometimes because okay. of the, the curly bit, yeah, yeah. but, um, do you know, like, I, so actually my dad even said, um, once, you know, like, Someone said to him, oh, oh, your son's a Muslim. And he went, yeah. And, oh, what did he do? Is it all different? They're exactly the same as they were before. They other than they, they've both got beards and they, 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 they pray. They, they, so the only difference, they don't eat pork, they don't drink mm. alcohol. That's, that's, that's the only difference. Mm. And it's, that's all it has to be to, to, to the people out there, you know, when you're bringing them into religion. First and foremost is you just... Um, it's Tawheed, isn't it? It's, mm -hmm. it's telling them just about the oneness of God and how simple that is, mm -hmm. and the rest follows suit. And once you once you've got that across, that the simplicity of it, um, the, the rest, as I said, should just just follow quite easily. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. I think we've had a a really good chat here, Yisa. Yeah. Is there is there anything else that you want to mention? Um, I don't know. I just want um, to like open it to you in case there is something that. You felt that we might have missed. I'd just say, you know, alhamdulillah, I think we're in a good position in this country at the moment. I think if most Muslims could pick any country, and they knew about the different countries, if you could pick any country to live in in the West, it, it's going to be the UK. Alhamdulillah, mm. we, we don't have any... Yeah, there, there are, you know, obviously there's always going to be like elements of, of, of racism and stuff like that. And again, that's not something I really... I get because obviously I'm white. Um, but, I mean, we only have to look at France at the moment. We have to look at the amount of Muslims who have deviated away from Islam in America. Mm -hmm. um, Germany, maybe not too bad. Um, but, you know, generally, the UK, Marshallah, is a good good place to live in. There's mm -hmm. many cities here, which, you know, the Muslim population, like here, where we are now in Blackburn, it's it's very high Muslim population. Where I work uh, and live in Manchester, again, a lot of Muslims, you know, these places, mm -hmm. you know, where prayer rooms are, you know, built into the buildings and any hospital you go into, there's prayer rooms and, you know, there's prayer mats there. And so we're in a good position. We don't need to be scared of being Muslims anymore. 9-11's gone, you know, we're 20 years on, it's a new generation. Don't be scared of you, you know, to, to wear the hijab or to grow a beard or to wear, you know, um, the Islamic clothing. People know that Muslims wear this clothing now. You don't have to be scared, mm -hmm. you know, talk about your religion, talk about Sharia. Sharia shouldn't be this, oh, Sharia, no, you're going to chop off the hand of someone who takes a suite from a shop. That, mm -hmm. That's not Sharia law. No, learn about Sharia law mm -hmm. properly. Um, and then be able to, you know, have these conversations with people, you know, attack their ideologies. Mm -hmm. You know, don't just defend, defend, defend. Um, attack, 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 attack. So, um, you know, just, it's all about just put, you know, being proud mm -hmm. of being a Muslim and, and putting that across and, and making, you know, making people realize, wow, do you know what, actually that makes sense. I would get into debates a lot in my last job with people, with one guy specifically about Sharia law. And we were talking about, you know, uh, the ruling of like chopping off the hands of thieves. And when I explained it properly to, to all, loads of, they were all just there with the popcorn, just listening to us arguing. <laughs> and I just, when I explained it properly, and we had a little like a voting system, you know, on what would you do? Someone's coming to your house, they, they've, you know, they've damaged your property, they've stole, I don't know, like 4,000 pounds worth of jewelry or something. You know, and they've got off and they didn't need to steal your money to survive. 
they've just done it because they want it because they don't want to get a job or anything you know and what would you what would you want to do to them and i'd want to kill them or something so how about how about chopping a hand off now they're forever known as someone who, who was a thief and mm. yeah yeah and like there was like six of us there and all of them agreed with me that that's a suitable punishment mm. and you know that was just like 10 minutes of a conversation so you take sharia at large or the, the religion at large and you know you can win people over academically yeah. and, I, and i think this day and age you know academically is what a lot of people aim for you know the, the age of we're past the age of enlightenment where you know people have less christianity because it doesn't make sense islam does make sense but people will just like what you said you know they think christianity and islam are synonymous with each other they're not islam's far beyond it's not yeah. islam isn't a religion it's it's an everything yeah. do you know what i mean it, it, it's a guide to health to nutrition to um mental stability to to religion a way of life you know the way you work political aspects like what we've discussed so just be proud of being a muslim and, and propagate it and don't don't be scared anymore you don't need to be scared anymore mm. it, you know it's i think we're past the point now where are we even a minority you know mm. when this census comes out soon it's going to say there's five million of us that's that's nearly 10 percent of, of the country um is muslim and you know a lot of rural areas are non-muslim so the the inner cities like how many muslims live in london millions mm. you know birmingham leicester blackburn where we are even manchester hundreds of thousands we don't we don't need to be scared mm -hmm. and we just need to just propagate and go on the attack if we need to mm -hmm. not in a not in an aggressive way yeah. <laughs> or a physical yeah. way just in an intellectual academic way yeah yeah, yeah. oh i think I think it's a fantastic point that you've ended on here. Mm. Um, this thing about being proud about your religion and stuff. And, you know, we're not, like you said, we're not saying go attack in terms of like physical or anything. Yeah, no, yeah, we're yeah, talking about not. on an intellectual level. Mm -hmm. I think what you've mentioned here about like the hands chopping off and things like that, there's definitely an element that we need to learn what the Shadi is actually saying about this. But, yes. yeah, like definitely go on the attack in terms of like, you well, know. What doesn't help though, again, going back to media, you, you watch a famous movie like Aladdin, mm -hmm. you know um princess jasmine she takes an apple for her for an orphan mm -hmm. and then a big that big security guy tries to chop her hand off straight away mm -hmm. it's like that's what they think sharia is and yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't really blame them because that's what they've seen from media so again that's why like what you said we need to brush up and know the actual rulings so yeah, that we yeah, can yeah. then yeah. Uh, explain it and help people yeah. get on board but this is like um they're actually one of the episodes i wanted to do in the future in terms mm -hmm. of talking about like prison and um the current punishment system in this country mm -hmm. for example like you know if somebody is sentenced and the they are found guilty of rape mm -hmm. right what's the sentence for somebody who is a rapist or somebody who who is um convicted of being a pedophile right mm -hmm. like let's be honest like we've heard about and i don't want to get into the stats here as yet because i've not done my own research at the yeah, moment yeah. but i definitely know that whatever it is at the moment is not sufficient for what it what it should be in my not eyes, even right? about that it doesn't and, it doesn't work yeah yeah they'll exactly. come back out and re they'll reoffend yeah. yeah um so there definitely needs to be an element in terms of like discussing where where we need to go um mm -hmm. in terms of making our societies much more cleaner and removing these side of these kind of um things that take place yeah but yeah i think it's been a fantastic chat with you Issa. um likewise i think like this is definitely an episode that had to be like an opener with you unfortunately right but it would be really good to inshallah have you on to discuss other topics in the future as well yeah i'm just um, down the road yeah 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 kind of. um, <laughs>
But did it hit GV driver? So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can handle it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Zakhlaou okay for for listening. I hope that you've enjoyed the episode. Um, we leave link to Issa's social media in in the de- uh, description yeah. below. So if anybody does want to contact him about anything, then feel free to do so. Issa, whenever somebody asks you what your conversion story was, you know I could ju- I could just link your this yeah, YouTube yeah, now, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that that'll be really handy for you now as well. And you, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, if there's like any particular topics or anything else that you you think that would be really good for for Issa to discuss in the future, I'm not promising anything. But you know, if there's something in particular that you would like to discuss or a question that you have that can even maybe be answered virtually as well, um, then feel free to leave that in the comments. Zakhlaou for listening, and inshallah we'll see you in the next episode. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.